Can Forge FC still qualify for CONCACAF Champions League? Is York Knight going to rebrand? And of course, is David Edgar? We're going to talk about his career right here in this week's episode. A Lonely Guy Talking Football starts right now. Hey guys, welcome back to the show. Um, right off the top here, I just want to talk about where I've been this last little while. I haven't produced a show, dropped a show of any sort, really since I think it was like late October. Uh, so I've, I, take, I took the month of November off. I needed a bit of a break. I'm recharged, I'm feeling better. Uh, side note, my personal life, besides working a nine to five, Monday through Friday day job, I also do school in the evenings and weekends this fall. Um, learning right now to become a web designer. So that's why I've been just been busy this past fall. I have been able to really do much for AFC Curtis, any content creation or anything in November and I'm slowly going to come back here in December with uh, two videos this week, two or two episodes of a Lonely Guy Talking Football podcast, an AFC Curtis podcast. Uh, this is the first of two. The next one will be in two weeks but we're going to talk about that later at the end of the show. Let's get into it now, the very beginning here. Now the thing to talk about the biggest, the biggest news story to talk about I should say this week is it's got to be Forge FC. I mean Forge FC, my god, they've, they've played unbelievable this season I mean you got to say they're the third best team in Canadian football right now behind only Montreal Impact and Toronto FC because I mean the team is I mean I'm wearing their kit today for this this week's uh, this week's show because I just want to put up put out my support for them I mean they've been phenomenal flag bearers for the CPL they win the championship last last season this season with everything going on I mean it's just been a really crappy year for everybody personally and professionally and for the league and for the club I'm sure but I mean they still won I mean the island games is a month long and through the entire month they were the best team in, in, in the league for sure and now in CONCACAF League 2020, which they qualified by winning last season's championship, they've they broken down barriers. I mean, let's be honest, nobody expected Forge FC or any CPL club within two years or within three years of this league being around to be in contention for CONCACAF Champions League. And that's where we're at at the end of year two, which is absolutely just incredible. I mean, Forge FC, uh, I mean, going back to, like I said, they won the Allen Games in mid-September. They had like four or five weeks off before they played uh, back in late October, the, the preliminary rounds of, of CONCACAF League. Add on top of that, the entire competition this year is just out of whack. It's single game elimination, but every single game they will not be at home for. They're on the road the entire tournament, which is just mind-blowing to me. Um, and then just on top of all that, I mean, you, you look at the squad. The squad's perfectly built. I mean, from top to bottom, net out. This is the best team in the CPL, without a doubt. With, I think, the best coach in the CPL right now, right now, and, and Bobby Smirdiolis. And we're going to talk about his snub at the awards coming up pretty soon in this episode. But... I mean, Forge FC win in the preliminary rounds. A couple weeks later, November 3rd it was, there they played against Toro FC in the round of 16. Weren't even favorites against the top one of the top teams in Panama, if I'm not mistaken. And they win. They win 2-1. It was, uh, I think, a for sure win. It wasn't like an iffy win, like they just skated by. At the end of the 90 minutes, I thought they were, they were the better squad in that one. I mean, that just proves that Forge FC, you know, they move on from that win to the round of 16, or round of eight, I should say, the quarterfinals, which was played just last week against Arkyle FC from Haiti. Um, again, they were the favorites to win that one, or they moved on to be the favorites to win that one. And if they, of course, win that game, they would have qualified for Champions League. 
unfortunately though that first of two chances that they have to qualify for Champions League they ended up losing the Arkyle last week um, bit of a mess in that game I thought that they weren't that great uh, Mobile Blue didn't look that great maybe it's because he cut his hair he just lost his power I don't know uh, Tristan Henry just days removed from being awarded the keeper of the year awards um, has an unbelievable horrible career ugly looking uh, fumble with the ball uh, everybody watching this, I'm sure, has, has seen the highlights at this point. Watched the game live, like I did. Um, it was horrible. It was a bad mistake. Uh, I think it was a whoa there passes the ball back to Henry. He was by himself with the ball. It's him, the ball in the net behind him, and he's got all these players to pass to, or they're just to kick the ball out to clear it. Well, a Haitian forward there's coming on him. He doesn't. He tries to deke around him and do some kind of skill move around him. The Haitian toe taps it, rolls in the back of the net. It's one one. Goes to penalties. And I mean, man, the goalkeeper for, for the Haitian club there, I mean, for Akal, was just phenomenal in penalties. I mean, stopping all those, I think it was the first two, three shots for Forge FC. But I mean, at the end of the day, I mean, it was just, it was a rough one, rough loss there for Forge FC in that quarterfinal match. Um, that was the easiest of the three paths to go to Champions League next, next spring. That was the easiest one, and they just fumbled it. Um, the other two chances now, the second chance here being the uh, play-in match, which we're playing tonight. If you're watching this on Tuesday, December 8th, it's tonight on TSN, so watch it. Against Marathon, one of the top Haitian, or I'm sorry, one of the top clubs in Honduras. Um, if they win that game, then they qualify. They're not in the CONCACAF League tournament anymore, but they just had a single play-in game. You win, you go to Champions League next year, you lose, you're not going anywhere next year. And then their third chance, which will be in the first quarter of 2021, which is the 2021, or sorry, 2020 Canadian Championship final between Forge FC and Toronto FC, winner of that game, goes to Champions League in 2021 as well. So, I mean, there's, there had three chances. The easiest one was against the, the Haitian club, Arkyle, there in the quarterfinals. They lost that one. And, and now it's just two really tall tasks to ask of them to, to win, two big games to win that you're asking them to win in. I mean, tonight's game against Marathon is going to be tough. I mean, Marathon's playing weekly games right now. They're in the new season right now. Um, they're, they're top of their group coming as of the recording of this video coming into this week's game against Forge. They are top of their group in the top division in, in Honduras there. So, I mean... They're going to be in form, and Forge FC, I don't think, will be. And, I mean, the start and stop, I think I even asked, I was lucky enough to be part of the media scrum for Forge, for the award show a couple weeks back uh, after the awards were given out. And I asked Kyle Becker, like, how was, how is it with, with it mentally, the aspect of this season? Because you went from playing the CPL tournament for a whole month, playing all these games in a month span, ending that mid-September, and then five weeks, six weeks later, you're back at the end of October for a game a month. And you're traveling from Canada to all these other countries. You're coming back to Canada. You're quarantining for 14 days. You're training for a week or so. Leaving, quarantining, playing. You're you're in these crazy living situa situations now. And you know he he just said plain and simple. I mean it's tough, but at the same time they're also making history and and they are. And he said something along the lines that it feels like a fairy tale and. I mean, it has been. They've done really well. I, my, I tip my cap there to uh, to Forge FC there. I mean, incredible win. In incredible run they've been on going to quarterfinals. Unfortunately, losing in quarterfinals. But they wrote, they raised the bar. They continue to raise the bar for the CPL and for themselves. And that's, that's what we need in the CPL. So... 
At the end of the day, good win for Forge FC. Uh, just just by getting this far and having set up set up three different chances, you know it, it's going to be a shame if they end up losing all three chances. I mean, no ifs ands or buts about it. But at the same at the same time, I mean, I just got a round of applause there to everybody at Forge FC. Crazy season. Um, now the next thing I want to talk about here, we're going to move on, is the is the CPL Awards 2020 CAPPL Awards. Before we touch on the York Nine potential rebrand, we're going to brief recap the 2020 awards. So the awards show was about two, almost two weeks ago now, and and along with that we have the the goalkeeper of the year being Tristan Henry, which I think is I think is fair. I think the guy is. The guy's good, and he's a good goalkeeper. I mean, despite the flop, obviously, in the quarterfinals of CONCACAF League, um, I mean, the guy's underrated. He wasn't even, I don't even think, ranked top five goalkeepers coming into the CPL season before the Island Games. Now, I think, in my opinion, he's right up there as one or two. Him and him, Cardici, Cardu, Carducci, if I can say his name right. Um, even Nate Ingham, those three guys, to me, are the three top keepers right now in the CPL for next season. So... Uh, Callum Irving too. I mean, uh, my apologies to him. He gave four. There's four elite keepers right now in the CPL, and I and I think that's. I mean, Henry deserves deserves the keeper of the year award um, for sure. You move on. You got the goal uh, the Golden Boot award going go that Kim Garcia with six goals this year. Of course, potential. I mean, the potential is there. Great young. Um, you know, forward there for Halifax FC or HFX Wanderers. Sorry, my apologies. Um, a little rusty still. Uh, but then along with that, you got you move on. You got the U21 awards. You got Mo Farsi that wins that. You know, very deserving uh, Mo Farsi there. Uh, we move on from that. Coach of the year now. This is coach of the year and the player of the year for me. I want to say they had it right, but I, I can't. I mean, the player of the year, that was a toss-up. We'll touch on that in a sec. But the coach of the year, that one, I mean, congrats, congratulations to Stephen Hart for winning that award. You know, definitely, you know, you could say he deserves it. I mean, going from last place to runners-up in this, this season, like 12, 12 months later, is incredible. But at the end of the day, what does Bobby Smirniotis have to do to win coach of the year? I mean, the guy is the only coach in the CPL that has... A championship period not to mention two champions not championships in the cpl not to mention back-to-back -back championships i mean back-to-back -back champs i mean there's a good potential they win next year to make it a three-peat and i mean the coach bobby smirios man like he doesn't get enough respect i feel in some cases in the last season and even this season i mean to beat uh, potentially the best club last year is cavalry yes but he beat them fair and square in the cpl finals he was the better team potential potential Upset? No, I don't think so because they were the better team at the end at the end of the year last year. This year and the entire season, best team in the CPL, Bobby Smirnoff's team. Best coach to me, Bobby Smirnoff's team. Not only because of the CPL, what the results were in the CPL, but now look at him in the Concacaf League in, in 2020 with little to no experience. He had four games experience from last year, and look at the run they were, went on this year. I mean, it's incredible. So, what does Bobby need to do to win a CPL Coach of the Year award? That's the question I put out to you guys because if Forge FC doesn't win a championship next year, he's not going to win the the coach of the year, I don't think. And that's going to be it's going to look horrible when you look back on back 5 10 years old 25 years down the line. You look back at the CPL awards and you're like, "Why didn't Bobby win in these early days?" That's my opinion. The player of the year award though, I thought they did I thought 
you know, that was a toss-up. It was a 50-50 between Bustos and Becker, let's be honest here. Um, Bustos looked fantastic this season. But Becker, I think the reason why Becker won that Player of the Year award is just because the, he's just all-around good. I mean, uh, he's good at both ends of the field. He was good with without the ball. He was he was always consistently good for Forge FC this year in the CPL and just the CPL campaign, which is what these awards are based off of. I'm not talking about CONCACAF League, which he's done really well in as well uh, in the midfield for, for Forge FC. So... At the end of the day, I tip my cap to, to all the players of the CPL for playing an incredible season. But at the end of the year, there can only be one player of the year. And, of course, it was Kyle Becker. I mean, deserving. But at the same time, you feel bad for Bustos, right? Because Bustos, what does what does he almost have to do to win player of the year? You know what I mean? So it's just it's a tight, tight race between those two for player of the year this year, in my opinion. Um, but I think if Bustos comes back next year and he plays and he can get to the next level, which I, I really do believe that there's another level left for Bustos, then I think right there he could potentially win it next season for sure. But, uh, but from there, we're going to move on now to the next segment here, which is going to be the York 9 rebrand. Potential, potential York 9 rebrand. I'm not saying it's for sure. But, of course, you know, if you're a CPL fan, you're a York 9 FC fan, um, just a fan of Canadian football in general, you might have noticed this past Friday, just a couple days ago, December 4th, on Twitter, Instagram, I think even Facebook, York 9 posted a post with a graphic with the, the date for this coming Friday, which the date in my mind escapes me at the moment, so I'm sorry. I think it's December 11th, right? So this coming Friday. And... Uh, and that's it. That's all we have. We don't know what it's about, but it's going to be an announcement. It's going to be announced around noon Eastern time, 11 Central time. This coming Friday, so check it out. It's going to be, I believe, on Twitter and on YouTube. Uh, I'm not too sure if it's for the club or for the league's YouTube channel that will be showing it, but it's going to be an exciting announcement from what I hear. I don't think it's a player announcement. I don't think it's going to be a coach announcement or anything like that. I think it's a rebound announcement. I mean, for them to kind of tease something like that. And also, here's another good point, too. A, a fan actually pointed this out. I believe it was on Reddit. And uh, and they, they po pointed out that the colors, if you look at the graphic, the colors is actually a little bit different than what they normally would use in their past announcements or graphics or any of that stuff. It's a darker green, and there's gold now. So it kind of actually kind of reminds me a little bit of the London Knights third jersey retro that they had a few years ago. I don't know if they still have it, but uh, the dark green with with a gold. I think it would look good on a kit, to be honest with you. And so I'm a little bit excited, but I don't think the announcement's just going to be announcing obviously the new colors, but I think it's going to be a new name and just new everything. You know, this is this is now officially Angus McNabb's team moving forward. I mean, he took took over the team uh, last winter. There, he's a managing consultant. He's not the president. I talked about this with him and about a potential rebrand too back in June. I did an interview with Angus McNabb. I'll have a link for that interview in the cards up here as well as down in the description below if you want to check that out and review what he said there. Maybe there's some clues in there for my, what might be coming up this coming Friday. Uh, but, you know, I, I do think it's going to be a rebrand. Um, I actually like the York 9 name though. Like I even told him that back in June. I've been, I like the York 9 logo, I like the name, I like the colors for the jersey, but I, I'm all gonna be open-minded about this. I'm, I'm looking forward for this announcement on Friday and to see if it is gonna be uh, a new logo, a new name, new everything. I don't know, we'll see. What do you guys think? Let me know down in the description below. What should they be named moving forward? But for me, I don't even know what they're going to be named, but I feel like it's probably like York United or something, you know? I think A, 
AS or I think there's a lot of Italian people too and and York if I'm not mistaken so maybe it's like AS York or York. I feel like it, ultimately I feel like it's just gonna be like York United which it's kind of generic but it's better than York FC I guess but I just feel I don't know I feel like York United is probably the name that I think that's like the most common name to everybody on the message board on Twitter on Reddit I've been saying it's probably York United probably York United we'll see Friday but excited excited nonetheless for this rebrand but from there we're going to go on to now because there's been so much news so much news that dropped since my last video back in late October that we're going to debut a new segment here. It's called the In Case You Missed It segment where I'm going to briefly talk about a couple newsworthy items here that you should know about briefly in just a few five minutes or less. Okay, so here we go. So starting off, we got uh, new faces with FC Edmonton. We got 25-year exec, sports exec Eric Neuendorp, who's a new Eddie's general manager, FC Edmonton general manager. We also have former FC Cincinnati coach Alan Cock coming in as the new coach for FC Edmonton too. So that's pretty exciting. We're going to talk about that actually on my next video, my next show in about two weeks time. So we're going to talk about that uh, big part of that episode. Uh, we also have Nick Bontis who's coming on as the former Canadian soccer or Canada soccer director coming on as the new president of Canada soccer. So big things ahead for Canada soccer there with that new direction. We also have the Canadian women's national team getting a new coach, which is a former assistant coach for both the English and women's national team for Canada as well. Sorry, I should say the assistant coach Bev Pressman coming in here as the new coach for the Canadian women's national team pretty exciting we also have Kadisha Bocanon as well as Alfonso Davies coming on and being named this past week as the Canadian players both male and female of the year for Canada soccer there so that's pretty exciting and then to end off the in case you missed it we have Greg Vanny who is leaving Toronto FC after seven years as the manager, or as the coach, I should say, for Toronto FC. Seven years, three MLS Cup appearances, one MLS Cup championship. Credible performance by Greg Vanny. We might even touch on this more in the next episode there, two weeks from now. But that is in case you missed it. And before we go, guys, before we end off this compelling episode of a lonely guy talking football here, uh, I want to end off on some closing remarks, which is another new segment here, debuting one after another on this wild episode. But yeah, closing remarks here. We're going to talk about retirement. We're going to talk about three names in CPL's history now. The first three CPL players to retire from after ending their careers really in the CPL. And the big one here, obviously, is David Edgar. Canadian men's national team legend. Guys got over 40 caps with the men's national team, over 20 with the U20 team um, for the Can Canadian team. He's played with Newcastle United, Burnley, uh, Swansea City, uh, Ottawa Fury, Vancouver Whitecaps, Nashville Soccer Club, you name it. You know, And of course, at the very end, got to retire with Forge FC. Incredible career by David Edgar. When I heard the news, uh, I think it was right before that quarterfinal game, that this is it this final month of december is it he's done after this month he's going to retire i was actually a little upset i was shocked too guys only 33 years old will be 34 next may uh still had i think another year or two left in him um but i believe he mentioned that his knee is his knee injury there they got picked up from four years ago actually december 2016 in a, in a bad accident there ended up really hurting him and, and it's still affecting him to this day i think so um hey 33 years old man retire happy retire young why not he's going to be a coach for professional soccer at some time in the future i believe that uh, another name here to mention though jason bulio goalkeeper for hfx wanders only 26 years old he also retires 
uh, you know, grew up in the Montreal Impact Academy, played a couple years in NCAA Division One with New Mexico, and uh, just signed last February actually with HFX Wanderers. Ended up being the backup goalkeeper, played a couple matches though at the Allen Games when Oxner was injured at the start of the tournament. He's retiring, I believe he's going on to be an engineer now. So uh, congratulations, Jason, on a wonderful career and uh, wish you luck in your future career as well. And then finally, Luca Gasparotto, 25-year-old Mr. Ironman for York 9 and the CPL, by the way. Here's a fun fact trivia question for the future. So make sure you listen on this one. He is the only player to play every single minute for their club in 2019 in all competitions. Only CPL player, I believe actually in history still, to do so. So that was Luca Gasparotto. Um, guys came up through the Rangers Academy. He's played up and down this third, second, and fourth division of, of Scottish football before coming over to York 9. He's somebody, like I said, 25-year-old center back. I thought was one of the best center backs, one of the best defenders in the CPL these last two seasons. Uh, so he's going to be missed for sure. And I think he was one of those players for me that had still a decently high ceiling. And I think he could have played and, and pushed for a center back spot uh, with the Canadian men's national team in the next year or so. So, I mean, hey, you know, it, it sucks losing these three guys. I mean, all super young, though, but I wish them the best of luck for what they're going to do. Um, I think the last two, Jason and Luca, retiring there, that was mainly, I think, just where they are in life and just where they are with the CPL. I mean, the CPL is a new league. The salary cap isn't huge. So I got to imagine that these guys maybe aren't making a ton of money. And, and they're moving on out of pro football now. I mean, hey, at least at least they got to say that they played professional football for a few years. I mean, that's something that they'll take with them now the rest of their life and they can tell their kids and their grandkids. Um, I mean, hats off to them. Round of applause for those guys. Great careers. God bless them all. Um, but that's it. That's it for the return show for a Lonely Guy Talking Football podcast. You can listen on to my show if you want to listen to the podcast form, of course, on Spotify, Stitcher, Apple Podcasts, or really anywhere you find your podcasts. You can follow um, my personal Instagram, Facebook, Twitter, at AFC Curtis. I also have links for that there. You can watch clips of this podcast. You can see what I look like on my YouTube channel, at AFC Curtis there. And of course, I'll be coming back in two week's time December 22nd that Tuesday we'll be talking Eddie's new faces the new GM and head coach there of FC Edmonton what can they do moving forward we're gonna talk about the latest CPL transfers as well as CPL players on loan and much much more so make sure you join us in two weeks time other than that guys thank you for listening and we'll check you later